the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Welcome to the Bullington Capital Report, hosted by Bill Bullington. For the next hour, you'll receive information on current market conditions and trends that could affect your financial future. If you have a question, you can participate in today's program by calling 216-901-0945. That's 216-901-0WHK. You can also reach Bill by going to his website, BullingtonCapital.com. And now, here's Bill Bullington. Well, welcome back. (laughs) I just have to admit something right off the bat here. I forgot my laptop. (laughs) So if you're going to call in and ask me to look up a stock, I probably won't be able to. Uh, if it's something I'm already familiar with, great. The, uh, but I won't be able to access that. So anyway, one of the things I really do want to talk about is if you uh, are going to go to the seminar, it is signing up quickly. I, I'm amazed how many people have signed up for this one that haven't been to a seminar before. So kind of interesting. It's you know the question and answer seminar. We're going to look at uh, how the economy is doing, how long we think it can continue to go, um, the uh, when interest rates might, if they ever end up going higher, uh, when that might be, the uh, and we'll open up for questions kind of like we always do. There are a couple of other topics that uh, without my laptop and access to my website, I forgot what I said I would talk about, <laughs> uh, but um and, and basically, it's to ask, answer a lot of questions. You know, I, I hear people, they're so nervous. I'm getting so many phone calls. The market's, you know, market's going to have a correction. Well, uh, let me tell you something. The market has a correction every 12 to 18 months. It always has. It always has. Uh, so worrying about it is kind of a waste of time. Uh, what you really need to do is have a plan, a strategy. And the plan, if if the strategy involves you having to make a decision that you have to think about, that you have to weigh the material that you're looking at and then make a decision, you are doomed. I'm telling you, you're doomed. I'm going to show you the alternative, actually the only alternative. There can be only one. Remember that phrase? There can be only one? What was that? The uh, I forgot what that, that guy couldn't die. in the, Yeah, the Highlander. <laughs> The other thing I liked about the Highlander movie was when they, they could meet in a church and that was sanctuary. And I love the, the phrase the one guy said that uh, there were two, two of these guys left. They were immortals. And uh, they had to battle each other and he had to, they had to cut off each other's heads. And whoever cut off, whoever was the last man standing was going to bring peace to the world. So uh, anyway, there were these two guys. And this one guy was the bad guy. He was the, uh, he was the favorite heavy, heavyweight. And as he's leaving the sanctuary, he grabs a nun and spins her around like he's dancing and says, I have something to say. Better to burn out 
then fade away. <laughs> that's, that's the scene I remember most in that movie. <laughs> I just thought it was kind of funny. But anyway, hope that doesn't say anything bad about me. <laughs> I don't know what that says, quite frankly. But So anyway, we're going to have a, a question and answer and some really important topics. Um, you know, the economy is doing very well. It's amazing to me that similarities, this is what, and this is what people look for. They look for patterns. They look for patterns that show up, patterns that are reliable. Well, I can tell you this. I also look for patterns, but I happen to know that patterns tend to come and go. They'll work for a while, sometimes a long time, but eventually they stop. And then you have to find new patterns. The, uh, uh, that can be very taxing. And that's one of the reasons that the uh, S&P 500 has done so well for so long. It's not because it's a, a superior model. It's because it's a model, period. It has rules. Those rules must be followed through hell and high water. The, uh, it's going to be followed. It will be because the companies that are managing money with that have signed agreements uh, with the SEC, with FINRA, uh, federal law that says you will follow these if you are to run the money the way that you uh, proposed in your prospectus. So they have no choice. They have to follow the rules. And that's why it's so successful. That and the fact that they keep printing money like crazy. <laughs> By the way, that ain't, that's not going to stop soon. They're going to keep printing money. I promise you they will. Because it's how it works. And that's one of the reasons that this economy still has a really good chance of going a lot further. We keep hearing about the, the debt to GDP ratio. And you know, I said something and I think I was wrong. I think I was wrong. The uh, debt to GDP ratio, that's the amount of total debt the company has when you compare it to the total amount of economic activity uh, for that year. And it was a lot higher after World War II than it is today. That, that's still, that part is true. But they haven't grown at the same rate. The deficit is actually slightly higher as a percentage of GDP than it had been in the prior uh, years before uh, Trump got in office. Yeah, but that's, uh, and I, you know, actually qualifying that, it, it was actually one of the highest levels right after the recession, which makes sense the, uh, because GDP actually dropped you know, during that time period. So the, uh, the debt uh, to GDP ratio would actually go up when GDP, when economic activity slows down. So anyway, I know that stuff's not all that important to an awful lot of people because they're generally not even aware of it anyway. But the things, the reason the economy is doing so well right now is that they cut taxes and a tax cut helps. Uh, I, I think there are more effective ways to cut taxes, but that's not my call. You know, um, the fact that you cut taxes and you increased government spending, by the way, government spending has to increase. You know why? Got this program called Medicare. You have the highest number of people, uh, that the fastest growing segment of the population is 65 and over. Guess what happens when you turn 65? You get to subscribe and go to Medicare, which is a lot less expensive than other healthcare programs. It's a lot less expensive than other healthcare programs. I think a lot of people are, are surprised by that, but the, uh, I'm not because I watch that sort of thing. And 
those expenditures have been outpacing the overall inflation rate by more than two to one in the past, you know, more than a decade now. So, uh, bottom line is expenditures keep going up. I don't know what they're going to do about that. I don't think it's the most efficient way to cause your economy to grow. <laughs> yeah, but you know what? All those people work at those health institutions, the hospitals, you know, people that are signing you into the desk, the doctors, the nurses, the physical therapists, all of them, yeah, they're all getting paid. And guess what? Their fees are going up faster than the overall rate of inflation. And you know what? All those people live in housing, drive cars, wear clothing, hopefully, and eat food. So, yeah, it contributes to, to GDP growth. I think there are more efficient ways. Absolutely there are. And it's not going to be, uh, it, the economy never goes kind of smoothly. It's always either up a little, you know, the acceleration rate is either uh, up, flat, or yeah, it's rarely flat. It's either up or down. So you're either improving. It's like breathing, you know. Is it bad that you breathe out? You know, only if you don't breathe back in. <laughs> it'd be really bad to breathe out and not to breathe back in. And uh, I offend so many academics by the way that I, I talk about economics. this way. <laughs> and it, it is hilarious. And I'm, you know what my advice to them is? Get over it. Just get over it. You know I'm right. <laughs> I may not use a lot of four and five syllable words, but you know the uh, underlying idea is correct. <laughs> I used to drive my econ professors nuts <laughs> at Kent's at Kent. And this guy, he, we argued, he goes, it'd be really easy to get people to stop smoking. You just charge $5 a pack. I go, really? You don't know anybody that's ever been addicted to anything. They will pay the five bucks. And I think I had to drop that classic. I was going to flunk me. For, <laughs> he was going to flunk me for that. How much do cigarettes cost today? Okay, so my board operator says six fifty. My producer, so uh, yeah, I'm like, are people still smoking? You ever see anybody smoke? <laughs> yes, and it is a deterrent for an for an awful lot of people. It's a deterrent, but it's not going to stop them. And uh, that was my that was my point. You know, you won't stop it. You'll slow it down, maybe a little, but and and you could potentially create a black market for it. You know, people selling. Um, packets of tobacco. <laughs> that would be funny. But anyway, a lot of the, uh, uh, the concepts in econ are uh, kind of interesting. And a lot of the things that are playing out right now are, are really good. I haven't seen an era. This is mind boggling. So I used to talk about this and th this is what's frustrating about technology from my perspective. Technologies exist that could wipe out and cure Every single problem the world has, there are minimally, minimally five viable solutions to every problem. The plastics that are polluting the oceans, the atmosphere that, that keeps warming up, if we even know that it's from you know the carbon dioxide, they're kind of sure that that's happening. So they can fix that. Uh, poverty, you know, world hunger. All these have multiple solutions, multiple solutions. And oftentimes it gets very frustrating knowing that they're out there, knowing that they could be developed and then they're not. You've got an awful lot of people in, in the world who really, they don't really want to see it. 
it's not that they, they're against progress. It's they're against having to learn how to use the new technology. That's the problem. At some point in time, and I hope I never get there, but a lot of older people go, ah, I don't want to learn that. (laughs) And I understand. I mean, as you get older, you get tired. You know, you've been here for a long time. You've been doing a lot of stuff during your lifetime, and it just gets fatiguing. Yeah. The good news is a lot of this technology is so smart that you're not going to have to learn it. It's going to learn you. It's going to, it's going to project. It's going to watch what you do and make suggestions. Have you noticed the ads that pop up on your websites when you're cruising around the internet? That's because you've either typed in or you spoke in front of your computer who has a microphone that's probably always on. By the way, because if you have a computer today, do you know that the computer is actually never all the way off? There's a battery in the computer and it's still running. (laughs) How spooky is that? (laughs) Better put some tape over the microphones. And actually, they can have microphones that you can't even see. So I just figure I'm just never going to do anything that I don't want the whole world to know about. When I know there's a computer, I'm holding my cell phone, which is probably 24-7 now. So I'm just going to I think it's a great. It's a great thing, and uh, I am a little bit surprised that uh, Judgment Day is going to be a computer replay of my entire life. <laughs> but, yeah, I know that probably makes a lot of people upset, but, yeah, sorry about that. The uh, uh, reality is there's no privacy, really. I mean, there really isn't. And uh, if they want to know something, they're going to know it. So kind of keep that in mind when you're leading your life. Yeah, somebody can see you. <laughs> And maybe more than one somebody. Um, but it's a good thing. A lot of this is a really good thing. Uh, the 5G thing we started talking about a couple of years ago, that's that's great. I'm, I don't know if you remember a few years ago, I was talking about hydrogen fuel cells. Well, they stopped getting a whole lot of support. Now, hydrogen is the most abundant element in the universe. And you can use it to create electricity, which then you can use to power your cars, your cell phones, your homes, everything. Okay. And they've been still working diligently on that technology. And at some point in time, it's probably going to gain much more traction than it has today. But it just caught my attention that I caught a little blurb and there have been some major upgrades in that technology. So that's exciting for for someone like me who thinks that, yeah, we probably should try not to do as much damage as we are to the environment. You know, you can accuse me of being a tree hugger. Uh, I'm not. I always use the uh, uh, plastic stuff because I figure if the faster we get it all filled up, the faster they'll have to do something about it. I'm just kidding. <laughs> I'm literally just kidding there. The, uh... <laughs> but that's a, the one of the problems is that, you know, most people, we don't really do stuff until it's almost too late, you know, until it's almost too late. Why do that? Why do we do that? Yeah, I know why we do, because we're people. <laughs> and people procrastinate. <laughs> I don't know if you've ever noticed that. <laughs> but uh in this in this area, it's nice to see that this is this technology is coming. A lot of it can be commercialized. Uh it's gonna be really good for the you know, I I don't know though. Here here's the thing. What if we go back to the winters that we used to have in the sixties and seventies in northeast Ohio? I don't know if you're old enough to remember that, but they were brutal. I went to Vanderbilt 1981, right? I was down there on a football scholarship. And 
my mother sent me a, a photograph that was dated October 1st, 1981. And the photograph, the caption said, picnic anyone. Well, she's sitting on a bench next to our picnic table in our backyard, holding up a, a, a can of Pepsi, saying picnic anyone with a question mark. And on the the table, the picnic table next to her was five inches of snow. <laughs> that was October 1st, 1981 in Brunswick, Ohio. Why does that stick out in my mind? Because some kid, one of my teammates, looks at the picture and goes, do you live in Alaska? And I go, no, actually, it's less than 500 miles from here. But uh, And they're all going, wow. Uh, so uh, anyway, that was rough. It was rough. We, it was so common to have three or four snows, big snows, before Thanksgiving. Before Thanksgiving. And then you wouldn't see the ground until May. <laughs> or actually, eh, April. But there would be ice strips up and down my street. Ice strips. This is where the cars drove so much in the same spot that it compacted it. It started making its own glacier. And those ice strips would be there until April or May because they were so deep and so thick. Yeah, that's kind of funny. Hey, if you'd like to call in today, the number is 216-901-0945, 216-901-0945. And I got to go to uh, Richard. Richard, you're on the uh, Bullington Capital Report. Are you there? Hello. Is hey. this Bill? This is he. Oh, good. It's Richard. And I am the one who always wants 100% stocks, you know. Okay. <laughs> and my my accounts keep doing better than all my uh, family who are in 60% stocks or 80%. Well, you will anyway, when they're going up. <laughs> yes, of course. And I think that everyone should always have it that way. But anyway... You said that we have solutions for everything, yes, and free market capitalism is uh, solving, would solve all our problems, Mm -hmm. because a farmer in uh, Kansas... Hey, Richard, I'm uh, sorry, I hear the music, that means we're going to commercial break. Can you hang on? Yes. Okay, thank you. You're listening to Bill Bullington right here on 1420, we'll be back after these messages. Words I can't recall I do still believe if I believe. And we're back. Hey, Richard, you still there? Yes, I'm here. Yeah. So anyway, this West um, Jackson in Kansas, a farmer, founded a in, something called Land Institute where he tries to develop perennial farm crops and uh, better agricultural right. um, things and also regenerative agriculture. And uh, and then uh, a firm in, and by the way, he developed a um, perennial wheat called Kernza, which has roots 10 times deeper than annual wheat. And can sequester moisture in the soil and CO2 from the atmosphere oh, nice. much more effectively. Wow. And if all the farmers in the developed countries start to lose that, to use that, they we could cut half of the CO2 out of the air. 
Well, that'd be great. That that's awesome. And that's the first time I've heard that. And and here's something else that capitalism has done. A firm in Massachusetts um, uh, has formed a company that will pay farmers uh, has got a market, and they will pay farmers fifteen dollars a ton for each for each sequestered uh, ton in the soil of CO2. Oh, nice. So the, the farmers have an incentive to use that uh, curtains of perennial wheat right. and also regenerative agriculture because they can uh, get more CO2 in the soil. So that um, is an incentive for farmers, and then they take that contract um they're called uh, Hildego. Hill, uh, I forgot the name of the company exactly. But anyway, they sell that then to people who are companies that need to cut their admissions. Uh, right. Like, you know. Right. And profitable so there's for them, a market. Right. So yeah. there's a market there now. For carbon for, <laughs> To do this. Yeah. yeah. So this is solving the one of the big solutions everyone's afraid, afraid about. Uh, yeah, I, you know what? I've I've been reading for so long. I, I just get sometimes I I get really frustrated because there are so many. Just like the the solutions that you're just talking about, there's so many solutions out there that are viable solutions that yeah. could solve all the world's problems. It's not just the, the CO2. They could solve everything. And why does it take them so long to execute? on these ideas. I don't know. I've, I quit asking the question. So instead I just, I sit back, I watch and I, and I listen and I learn and it, it's a, uh, it's interesting. And eventually, uh, they'll get around to it at some point in time. I just hope they don't wait well, until it creates a major catastrophe to, to force them to move. But right. Well, this regenerative agriculture, my message is don't not need, no need for everyone to uh, panic. Right. We have the solution here, and regenerative agriculture is like, say, you plant, you plant a crop, and you um, harvest it, and then you've got the ground there. You don't plow it up and replant the annual seed. Right. You, um, you wait just, till next year uh, and do it again. <laughs> well, no, no, you uh, drill holes in that uh, piece of property and put the seeds for the new crop in okay. there. Okay. And therefore, you didn't plow it because if you right. plow it, you let the CO two back in the air. Right. Okay. Well, that's interesting. So that's regenerative agriculture. And I'll have to look that up. I'll I'll do some reading on that this weekend. By the way, I uh, did something. I think you might want to see. Um, there, I, I built a model for people who, like yourself, want to stay in stocks. Uh, and I think it's a good model. It's based on a company's profitability and the fact that it pays a dividend. So those are the two um, main factors, and uh, it look, yeah, it looks pretty good. Uh, yield on it's just it's just slightly over two percent, but the yield on a ten-year treasury is under two percent. So, the uh, you know it's not a um, a high a super high dividend yield because the the super high dividend yield. I have a model that does that too. It it hasn't had as good of a track record, and it's been more volatile. Because a lot of companies, if you just look at the dividend yield by itself, you're going to get a lot of companies who are actually financially in trouble. And they may not be earning the dividend that they're paying out, and eventually it's going to get cut. So by avoiding... Right, well, that was what happened to GE, I suppose. Yes, exactly. They always paid a very good dividend. Right. 
Yep. And uh, it got too unwieldy. They started losing money on certain divisions. They started, you know, selling off divisions and they eventually they had to cut their dividend. So the health of the dividend is, is kind of a key factor there. Uh, when the stock market, uh, a market cap weighted market is really a voting machine. It's not a measuring machine to, to quote Ben Graham. It's a voting machine. So a lot of the market cap weighted indexes do extremely well when the market's going up and they go down quite a bit when they go down because of popularity, people change their mind and, and run. You know, they just run for right. the doors. So if you're looking at quality, and companies that are actually earning their dividends and then ranking them on that, I think that that's a really good uh, long-term strategy. And uh, you know, well, I would say so too. But I believe the market's going to continue to go up until the election this year, and then uh, I don't know what we have to see what will happen in the election. Well, I believe the market but we will don't be the want market. <laughs> I think the market will be the market. The uh, the market ever since I got in the business, and if you go back to the eighteen hundreds. Every 12 to 18 months, you had a correction of at least 10 to 15%. Okay. At least right. 10 to 15%. And every once, you know, every four or five years, you'd have one that was more than 20. And that's just an average. It doesn't have to be that, uh, that length of time. And it's never the exact same time period. That, that's what kills everybody. They're looking for patterns that are exact and are always going to repeat. Well, that's not going to happen. They, uh, right. they're going to rhyme. Right. So, but I think you're, I think you're probably right. Uh, when I look at the level of stocks, the valuations, which matter, stock market value, values matter. They really do. That guy's model from, uh, um, whatchamacallit, uh, oh shoot, my mind is going at me. Don't get old. <laughs> Richard. Oh. <Stan. laughs> there is a Cape model and, uh, the guy's from Yale. He runs uh, part of the endowment there. It's been very popular. Oh, Stiller? Is that yeah, Stiller? yeah. And then that, that one hasn't worked for a long time. And the, there's a, actually, right. you know, I make everybody mad, but there, there is a, a kind of a flaw in that. It, it's hard to set one set of su- uh, simple rules that are always going to be relevant. So you, you kind of have to watch how things go. Making minor changes, being very careful about how you make the changes. Uh, you're typically going to be making the changes late because it takes a while for something to get noticed and then a one-time occurrence is not significant so you've got to see it more times than one uh to to even think that you're on to something which means that by the time you really are confirmed that it's not working anymore it's it's probably been three or four years (laughs) (laughs) Uh, anyway uh, thanks for calling now that's interesting i'm gonna look that up i got some uh extra reading this weekend Yeah, that, that perennial wheat is Kernza, and okay. he's working on other uh, perennial crops uh, similarly. Well, that would be good. Okay, thank you. Uh, all right, thanks. Much. Have a good weekend. Bye-bye. Yeah, yeah, I forgot about that. That uh, um, equity income model, and looks pretty good. You know, I like it. Yeah, I like it a lot. I think it makes sense. And when you're investing, this... I read this thing and uh, this morning I was, you know, looking through the uh, headlines and I can't remember who it was, but this firm, the publication was pretty influential. It was a pretty big firm. And they published this article by some Yahoo who's saying that, you know, look at your investments over the short run. He didn't say short run. He said the last few months to see how they were doing. And if they weren't doing well, then uh, replace them with the ones that were. I'm like, what? It, no. That is not what you're doing. If you want to do a momentum style model, 
You've got to define exactly. You don't come to it with a feeling or over the last few months. Yeah, you better define that exactly. I can't believe they published that. That that makes my job so hard because people believe that. They think you just look at it, well, it's not doing this well this six months. And let me tell you something. If it's not a momentum model, if it's a value-oriented model, then you are a uh, you are never going to make a lot of money. You're going to get to join the 19 out of 20 people in the United States over the last 20 years who have made less than 2% a year. You'd have, you'd have been better off keeping your money in CDs. And that kind of stuff, it just infuriates me because they're, they're not helping anybody. It's doing a tremendous amount of damage to individual investors. And to, to, to show up in a publication that is going to reach millions of people. That just that just blows my mind. So anyway, now that I got that off my chest, <laughs> you know what, what's interesting about most investment management is that market cap weighting that would be the S and P five hundred, the Russell one thousand, the Russell two thousand. They're fine as long as you can put up with fifty percent declines every once in a while. If you don't mind being down fifty percent or more. And by all means, use those. Yeah. And in the super long run, they're fine. The problem becomes when you get up into your 60s, okay, and you have to start tapping into that, you have to start supplementing your income. You can't really afford to have a 50% decline that takes 10 years to recover. You don't have that much time. So you may have to give up a little bit on the return to manage your risk. In fact, you will have to. I uh, I should say unless if you've got 10 million dollars and you can take that 2% or 2.5% dividend, you can find 2.5% dividend yield on a relatively safe stock portfolio. The uh the idea is that those dividends are going to grow over time. That's why we use the quality feature that they're actually earning their dividend and that kind of stuff. Uh anyway, that's what you start off with. But if you could live on 2.5% just the dividend, and let's say $20,000 a month before taxes is good by you, then great. All you need is $10 bucks. Do you hear what I just said? <laughs> All you need is $10 million? Yeah, right. Who's going to do that? Yeah, a few people will. There, there will be. But if you want to take out somewhere between 4 and 5%, you're going to have to, you're going to have to have a fairly significant amount of your money invested in stocks and it's not a uh, um a matter of risk tolerance it's you may have to you may be forced to take on that risk or your other choice is to cut way back on your spending you know what's two percent of a million dollars it's twenty thousand bucks so if you put all your money in cds or government bonds something super safe then you're going to cut the amount your expected returns by a lot. I mean, a lot, 2%. And, and by the way, you know, CDs right now aren't even paying 2%. So at a, at a 2% rate, at a, at a 1.8% rate, that's where I saw a lot of CDs kind of hovering around at 1.8, that's $18,000 on a million bucks. Woohoo. $1,500 a month that you have to pay taxes on. <laughs> and you got to have a million dollars for that. Okay, 
So I think that most people should probably consider a balanced account. You have some stocks in there, you got some bonds. I think you should stick between somewhere between four and five percent as your initial withdrawal rate. Uh, I know that sounds kind of low, but that's because five years from now you're going to have to raise that. Ten years from now you're going to have to raise it again because prices, uh, inflation doesn't retire when you do. Inflation is going to be there for the rest of your life. Prices are generally going to go higher. What's happened over the past few years? The economy is doing much better. People are all excited. I'm like, yeah, that's not a trick. There's this guy by the name of Keynes. He wrote about this back before World War II. He wrote about it. How do you bump the economic uh, engine back into full gear? Well, you cut taxes and you increase spending. Now, how you do that, you got to be kind of careful. That's another story altogether. But it's not a ma- it's not magic, you know. It works. You, you cut taxes, you increase spending. You sooner or later, GDP starts to pick up. The growth starts to come back because people have more money in their pockets. Now there are more, there were more effective ways, and that's where the debates all start to kick in. Cutting taxes, increasing government spending, uh, are go kind of hand in hand. And by the way. There was another guy, uh, and this is going way back, you know, and I am by no means a, uh, PhD candidate. I mean, I was a, I was a summer school. I got great grades when I had to play football. Not so much. The, uh, back in those days, we had 50 hours a week just in football. And, uh, they're not, I, I hear they're not allowed to do that anymore. So I think that's a good, <laughs> that's a good idea. But bottom line is the, uh, uh, certain things work. Certain things have worked throughout history. You know, the only person that can deny history is Trump. I'm just kidding. <laughs> I'm just kidding. The uh, uh, everybody has their own interpretation of history, but I, I think if you look at really what what has worked, uh, Keynes had it right. Dude had it right. By the way, did you know he was a momentum investor? Dude was a momentum investor back in the 30s. He managed a portion of the Oxford uh, uh, endowment. And he said he spent about 10 minutes a day doing research. How how hilarious is that? He was buying stocks that were going up, and when they started going down, he sold them. <laughs> the, uh, evidently, he had a, had a good track record. Now, this is just the stuff that I've been able to find on the Internet. Okay, So I did not fact check. I don't have the time for that. I probably read more than anybody I know. And uh, certain things, you have to fact check. Others, not so much. Anyway. I hear the music. That means i got to take a real quick commercial break. You listen to Bill Bullington right here on 1420. Stay tuned. And we're back. Hey, you're listening to Bill Bullington. I'm here every Saturday morning from 11 to noon on 1420. You can also pick up this show as a podcast if you go to 955thefish.com or you go to my website, bullingtoncapital.com. That's also where you can sign up for the seminar coming up on Thursday. Uh, you have to, uh, this one you'll have to hurry for because we are almost completely booked. I can't believe it. It's been the uh, first time in a long time. So it'd be interesting to see how many people actually show up, especially if it rains and snows. <laughs> but yeah. Anyway, uh, that's free. It's the question and answer seminar. We're going to talk about a lot of these topics. Uh, this is one of the longest bull markets in the history of the country. 
depending on how you define bull market, the uh, my definition, it's actually just normal, and I'll show you why. But I'm also going to talk about why it's more than likely going to continue for a while. Um, there's nothing to be completely alarmed about, at least not yet anyway. And uh, at some point in time, a correction, they're normal. That's just a natural part of the, the, the market. Uh, and planning that, incorporating that in your plan is key. It is key. You don't plan on avoiding the declines. You plan on going through them, on making it through them. And you can only do that if you're paying high, uh, close attention to the risk that you're taking. So it's going to be called the question and answer seminar. It's Thursday night. Should be a lot of fun. Tricy's Corporate College, super nice facility. They always do a great job with refreshments there. I'll uh, show up. We're going to talk about these topics for about 45 minutes, and I'm going to open up for questions. You can stay there. I'll stay there for an, at least an hour after that answering. But uh, it's always a lot of fun. Uh, I always really like it. And a lot of the stuff that I'm talking about, I'll be able to pull up, and you can see over the on the overhead, you know, we're talking about that uh, hydrogen thing. There's been some more interest in that. Sooner or later, you watch what happens. The uh, Every problem that we face, it, it will get solved sooner or later. Uh, it would be nice if it were sooner. It looks like there's they're making some progress on a lot of these things, which is a great thing. Uh, the explosion in worldwide economic growth, we are so close to being there. So close. Now, having said that, you know, the so close could last a while and probably will, but we're there. We've got the solutions. We just have to put them in place. Anyway, I'm going to go to the phones right now, and I got uh, Brian. Brian, you got a question for me? Oh, hey, Bill. How's it going? Hey, how you doing? Good, thanks. Yeah, I was just wondering um, what you thought about Discover. I've had it for like a few years, and then yesterday it had that big drop. Do you still hold it, or are you yep. going to keep it? Or? Yeah, that's just the uh, nature of the beast. Yeah, it's a stock. Okay. So I, I still really like it a lot. So Okay. Yeah. It's a big drop for a stock like that, I thought. Uh, dude, you got to go back and look at stock charts of all stocks. How many times have I told you to do that? Yeah, that's true. <laughs> the uh, It's a stock. <laughs> they do. That's what they do. And uh, I saw, you know, the, the earnings that wasn't as strong as they had thought they were going to be. Uh, nothing earth shattering there. The, uh, oh, okay. you know, if it goes down a lot further than it was, I'll just add some to my holdings. So, and the dividend yield is higher now. now or? Pardon me. I'm going to, I'll, I'll wait. The, uh, okay. I'll give it a quarter or two. Okay. Would you say it was higher? Uh, dividend yield. It, it, oh yeah. yeah. So dividend yield goes up. <laughs> Are you going to talk about any of the, um, scan stocks at the end of the show today? Uh, actually today I, I won't, I, uh, I took off and I forgot my laptop <laughs> and so I've been working so hard. There's something I'm working on, uh, next 90 days I'm, I'm doing double duty. And, uh, uh, if you want to call in, I, I don't want to talk about it on the air, but, uh, you can, I can okay, talk to you awesome. about it, but if you want to give All me right, a call. Awesome. And I'll, I'll just probably see you Thursday. Okay. Thanks, well, thanks. Hey, Appreciate have a good week. Bye. Bye. You too. Bye. Jerry, how you doing? Hi, hi, Bill. Uh, great, great to speak with you this morning. I have a question for you, sir. Sure. Um, I have been in, uh, into a stock called Lazard. It's L-A-Z. It's a pretty high dividend stock, and uh, as the once the dividend is paid, it drops by a pretty significant amount. It doesn't come back lately. Given a thirty-second test, I've 
um, kind of ambivalent if I should stick around after the next uh, dividend or X date. What do you think of it? Well, I don't have my uh, computer to look it up today. Um, oh, okay. well, that yeah. makes things a little tough, doesn't yes, it? Yes, it does. Yeah, don't get old, Jerry. <laughs> uh, okay, I walked okay. right out the door and forgot my computer at home. I'm like, oh, I, I, I realized it when I got out of the uh, parking lot, opened my door to look in my trunk, and it wasn't there. <laughs> okay, well, I know how attached you are. To that. Well, what stock were you talking about with the uh, previous gentleman? I just got in on the uh, oh, Discover thing. Financial Services, a credit card company. No, okay, I, okay. Yeah, I owned it for a while, but uh, I think they took a beating yesterday. It wasn't a huge, like a fifty percent drop or uh-huh. anything like that, but that's what happens. Uh, what the, uh, the language? Yeah, yeah. It's just a it's stock. It's a stock, like yeah. you say, William. Right. Yep. You know. Yeah. It's I, inevitable. They're going to go up and they're going to go down. Yeah. I mean, I looked at it for about two seconds. I read the headlines. Like, yeah, whatever. <laughs> Back to work. Yeah. What kind? <laughs> what kind of dividend does that have? Well, I don't have my computer, Jerry. <laughs> okay. okay, okay. All right, I'm sorry. All I, right. I only well, own a few hundred rate. stocks, so the. Uh... <laughs> yeah, I know, I know. Well, with that that razor sharp mind of yours, I thought you'd be on top of each and every one. Yeah. Good luck. Yeah. All right. Well, hopefully, I'll see you on Thursday, Bill. <laughs> okay. Care. All right. Yeah, bye. Yeah. Yeah. You know, it's amazing. Uh, people expected uh, I'm gonna memorize every aspect of every company. Do you know what name company is? It's got to be four or five hundred minimally, four or five hundred stocks. The fact that I can remember the symbol on this stock and what they do <laughs> is more. And I've actually looked into that one more. And I, I like the company a lot. You know, they're the small player in the credit card business. You, by the way, none of this. Don't take this out. Don't go running out and buying anything you hear about on my show. Listen to that disclaimer at the end of the show. Yeah, I have no idea whether that would be appropriate for you or not. Depends on your age, your risk tolerance, how much uh, you know money you're trying to make. A lot, a lot of questions go into that. But I'm just here to tell you that the overall economic environment is a good one, and the path forward, I don't see it changing all that much at all. You know, we had a 20 percent correction from peak to trough a little bit over a year ago, and that's one of the reasons everybody thought last year was such a great year. It was because the prior year you had this big drop. Well, yeah, when you make that up, <laughs> that's pretty good. Yeah. Anyway, I got to take a, another quick call here. And if you'd like to call, the number is 216-901-0945. If you want to talk to me personally, just go to my website, Bullington Capital, and fill out the contact us form. I'll give you a call. Anyway, I got uh, Diane. Hi, Bill. How are you this morning? Good. How are you? I'm fine, thanks. And I'm going I don't have a question, but I have some comments, and you won't even need your computer. Oh, I'm not an investor, but I just want to say thank you so much for such a an enjoyable, interesting, and fun show. I love listening to you on uh, WHK every Saturday, and I just want to wish you a happy New Year and all the best with your new website and your seminars. Um, I just really enjoy you. Thank oh, you. I'm, I'm really, thank you. I, that is so nice of you. Yeah, I, I really appreciate that. Yeah. All right. Well, I hope you okay. have a happy new year, too. Thank you, Bill. Thank you. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Wow, that was nice. Yeah. <laughs> well, thank you very much. Uh, I try, you know. <laughs> I try to do the best I can uh, in um, where I am working on something. And, oh. It's exhausting. 
It's going to take me the next 90 days. I, I, I put, I literally bought a table and bought another computer and I set it in my bed, uh, not on my bed, next to my bed in my bedroom. <laughs> I'm working on this thing until I fall asleep, until I can't keep my eyes open anymore uh, after my normal day. <laughs> so if it works and I, it looks pretty good so far. I'm not ready to talk about it publicly, but if, if I think I'm going to be able to do this, it's going to be a pretty big deal. It's a big deal. And if it doesn't work, then there's three months out of my life I had to contribute to something to find out whether or not it would work. And you know, I've done a lot dumber things than that. So um, that's the way that goes. Um, but yeah, but you want to stay tuned for that. Uh, and 90 days from now, I'll have a, I'll know. Uh, I'm a lot further along today than I was a month ago. By the way, there's a guy... Um, Joe Waterman, do a uh, uh, Google search and or go to Meetup. This guy used to be a floor trader on options on the Chicago Board of Options Exchange, uh, and he knows everything there is to know about options. He's looking to train people that he can back financially uh, to become options traders. Now, he works right out of Hudson, uh, and and I'm going to tell you, uh, this dude's like having his PhD in options he's never had a class in education i tease him about that all the time i didn't either by the way so sometimes it's hard to understand because he knows that like the back of his hand you have to slow him down say hey hey explain that to me and he's willing to do that he's very patient okay so he's very patient but anyway i just thought i would give him a shout out there uh it was kind enough to uh meet with me this week part of the research i'm doing on that project on that super top secret project yeah, worst case scenario is 90 days from now, I'm going to write a little booklet on it and publish it because I know you can do this on your own. I'm trying to f- find out and get the training to see if I can do this across a, a large number of accounts. So but in the meantime, uh, he's been very helpful. And if you want to know more about that kind of stuff, I would definitely say give him a call and uh, I will get his contact information. We'll talk about that uh, next week's show. But in the meantime, thanks for listening, everybody. Have a good week. Good investing. And good luck. You just caught another edition of the Bullington Capital Report, broadcasting every Saturday at 11 a.m. on AM 1420, The Answer. If you have a question and you'd like to speak to Bill personally, you can call him at 330-664-0700. That's 330-664-0700. Or online at BullingtonCapital.com. That's BullingtonCapital.com. Past performance may not be indicative of future results. Therefore, no current or prospective client should assume that the future performance of any specific investment, investment strategy, including the investments and or investment strategies recommended and or purchased by advisor or product made reference to directly or indirectly will be profitable. Different types of investment involve varying degrees of risk, and there can be no assurance that any specific investment will either be suitable or profitable for a client's investment portfolio. No client or prospective client should assume that any information presented serves as the receipt of of or substitute for personalized investment advice from the advisor or any other investment professional. The preceding program has been paid for by Bullington Capital Management, LLC.